Who's had a good week this week? Put your hand up if you've had a good week. Nice. Put your hand up if you've had a great week. Nice. It's good. It's so good to be with you. Always a privilege to come and share um, with you. I want to give you a bit of a heads up. Um, sort of, I've got a bit of a cough. I picked up a bit of a cough yesterday. Um, and so if, if my voice goes a bit squeaky and teenage boy, I apologise. And if I go a bit Ray Winston, oh, I've got to remember the Bible. Like, sort of, it's not I'm trying to sort of like pressure anybody in, so it'll be hard, man. Or anything like that. It's just my throat, so pray for me as we go. Um, we're in the middle of a series. Who's enjoying the 10 series? I'm loving it. It's great, isn't it? Sort of 10 ways to live different. 10 ways that we can live distinct and we can live lives that look more like Jesus to the world around us. Rooted out of the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20. And this morning, I've been given the topic of discussing the principle of honouring. Taken from verse 12 of Exodus, which said, of, of Exodus chapter 20, which says this. Honour your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land that the Lord is giving you. And I'm going to spend some time talking about how we can honour our fathers and mothers and why that's important. But I'm also, as an overarching principle, more than that, I'm going to talk about why the principle of honouring is important in our lives. Who should we honour and why should we honour them? Part of the reason this series is so good, for me at least, is, is I think if we grasp it, if we grasp that we live distinct lives from the rest of the world, Jesus is better glorified. If we understand that we as the church, the body of Christ, that's what 1 Corinthians 12 calls us, the body of Christ, live lives that display the likeness of Christ, that's important. If we, as the body of Christ, our lives don't look like the person of Christ, we have a problem. The world needs the person of Christ embodied through the church of Christ. Romans 12.10 says this, reading from the English Standard Version. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honour. The New Living Translation says it like this at the end. We should delight in honouring each other. We want to be a community here of people who honour one another and honour all. The Greek word, let me teach you for a second. The Greek word used here for the word honour and used throughout the New Testament is the word timiao, which means to fix the value to price to properly assign the value of something or someone. I've developed a bit of a new hobby recently. Um, my wife has had this hobby for uh, many years, but only something I've come into um, just over the last couple of months is charity shopping. Anybody, <laughs> anybody else like charity shopping? Yeah. The, the activity of charity shopping is you go along to the charity shops and you're looking for bargains. You're trying to find stuff. Now, I've got into reading quite a bit over the last couple of months, so I'm usually sort of into a chat shop. I head straight to the bookshelf, and I'll just see if I can find the latest instalment in the series of books that I'm reading at the time. Clothes, usually sort of looking at the clothes and the brick and brack. What is brick and brack? I don't know. It doesn't matter. That, not, not for today. We went, we, went, we went a couple of months ago um, to a charity shop, sort of like in Hevitry, um, and sort of I went my usual routine of I went to the book section, Chloe did her sort of like looking sort of through the clothes and the bric-a-brac and stuff like that, and um, whatever it is, and sort of like, I, I, there was nothing there for me from the books perspective that I wanted, so I, I thought I'll have a look for the, me, the sort of the men's clothes and look through going through, and I saw this golf shirt, and I needed a new golf shirt, I was like, oh great, and I looked at the price and it was £2, I pulled it out properly, and it was a good brand. I recognised it straight away that it had more value than was being sold for. So I bought it, £2. And I did the thing, I don't know if other people do this, but I, I bought, when you think you've got a bargain, as soon as possible you Google how much of a bargain you've got. So I walk out the shop, boom, Google's up, 
But 60 pounds new. And this, this thing was basically good as new. There was a tiny mark on the shoulder, but you would never have noticed if I didn't tell you. But to somebody, that golf top had no value because they'd given it away. To many people, that had very little value because they just skipped over it. Little than two pounds. But to me, I understood the value of it because I was like, oh, I know the brand. Even the Jesus throughout the Gospels demonstrates that he understands the value of individuals and people. Jesus especially seems to emphasize the value on those that other people seem to disvalue or dishonor. They walk past, but Jesus doesn't. I want to do an activity. I think this message is important today for you to grasp and remember and take away. So it's good sometimes Jesus, throughout sort of his time, it says of Jesus that he never spoke without telling a story. But he did more than that. He would use visual prompts and things as well. That would be so. so we're going to do an activity, if that's all right. I wonder if you've ever heard of a game show called The Price is Right. Um, a bit of an old classic. We've got the graphic there. I is that right? Okay, I, don't, I don't really know The Price is Right, but I watched it the other day, and it was basically Bruce Forsyth and a lot of people shouting in the crowd. But we're going to do, do, do it. So I'm gonna, what's going to happen is we're going to put an item on the back. Pete, if you put the, the first item. Okay, so we've got here an item. The Nintendo Switch 1.1 32 gigabytes console with Joy-Con. Well, I understand about three of the words in there, but sort of I, I, I know what most of them sort of like it, it means. Right, so I'm just going to, I'll just pick some people, sort of like, sort of like, what do you reckon, Joe? What do you reckon the value of that is? So you're a gamer. Uh, uh, 160 pounds. 160 pounds. And then in, this is where Bruce, Bruce falls, all the other, higher, higher. So that was a bit teeny, sorry. Well, lower, 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 lower. Uh, but like, but like, what about sort of like, let's go down to... Keith, what do you reckon? <laughs> Come on. If I know somebody who knows about Nintendo Switches, it's got to be Keith. £9.50. <laughs> £9.50. Right, who, who do you reckon is closest? Should we have a look? £259.99. That is from Argos. Other retail, retailers available. We'll put the next one up, please. Oh, here we go. Some people got excited. The Instant Pot Duo 7-in-1 Smart Cooker 5.7-litre Pressure Cooker Slow Cooker Rice Cooker Sauté Pan Yogurt Maker Steamer and Food Warmer Brush Stainless Steel. Oh. What do we reckon? What do you reckon? I'll come Sarah. There's, there's, I'm not making any statements by who I'm picked here, by the way. I'm not as safe as the cooking in our house. Um, £90? Pounds. £90. Pounds. Right, I'll, go back, I'll go back a bit further. Right, go on. Mike, you're a cook. What do you reckon? Have you got one of these at home? Certainly not. Um, <laughs> 60 quid? 60 pounds. What do you reckon? Higher. It's higher. It's getting here. It's higher. Lower. Higher. What do you reckon? Higher or lower? Right, here we go. Let's have a look. 89.99. Sarah. There's no excuse not to do the cooking now. She knows the value of this. I mean, if basically, if that thing does something, sort of, if you need to cook any other way than that, I don't know, what, what would you even need to be making? Just use that for everything. We won't do the next one, Pete. We'll, we'll, we'll move on. But it's important as, I, as we continue that you think about the things in your life, the people particularly I'm going to talk about this morning, of how do I value them? What value do I place upon them? How do I properly value the people around me? And to help you answer that question, I'm going to give us four types of people that the Bible says in the New Testament, particularly, that's where I'm sticking today, says that we should honour. Here we're number one. If you've got your notebooks, you follow along with us. Number one, we should honour people just because 
they are created in the image of God. Just the fact that somebody carries the, the sort of the stamp of, of God in their lives because they've been created, we've all been created in the image of God, should, from us, call forth a type of honor. 1 Peter 2, 17 says this, honor everyone. You know that person at work who really gets on your nerves is made in the image of God? The barista who's been calling your name wrong for the last three years, doesn't matter how many times you say it's Josh, they've been calling you Jeff, every time, sort of made in the image of God. The family member who you try and avoid at every single family occasion, Uncle Gertrude. All of them carry the image of God. The fact they are still breathing means that God is not finished with them yet. What level of reverence do you hold for the images of God that God has placed around you? James, talking in chapter 3, verse 9, he's talking about the power of the tongue. He says this, he says, sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. James here drawing out the fickleness of the tongue. In one breath, we say, praise the Lord. And then in another breath, we disvalue, we dishonor the manifest presence of God in a person made in their image of our work colleague, of our neighbor, whoever. He's saying it can't be both. He goes on to say, surely this is not right. Does a fig tree produce olives? And he finishes by saying, you can't dress, um, draw fresh water from a salty spring. You know what he's saying? He's saying how we speak about the created demonstrates what we believe about the creator. How we speak about the creator demonstrates what we believe about the creator. To honor, to value those that carry the image of God is as much as an act of worship as it is an act of witness. And that is the great commandment that we follow as Christians. To worship God, to love God with all our hearts, minds and strengths. And to love people, to witness to people, to love God radically and love others radically. If we follow Jesus, we should live in a way that helps everyone, anyone, understand that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. Do your words, do your actions, do your thoughts represent somebody that is fearfully and wonderfully made about how you think about people? There is an honor that should be placed just because somebody carries the image of God. Are you with me? Good. Second principle. There is honor attached that is simply owing to natural relations as God has established them. Talking here about honoring your father and mother. There is no doubt biblically, Old Testament New Testament, Jesus, the Gospels, there is a biblical principle about honoring our father and mother. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4 says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your mother and father. Father, This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, I've been immensely blessed that I have wonderful parents who have done that, who have brought me up in the Lord, who have looked after me. And for me to honor and respect them is not difficult. But I understand that's not everybody's story. Maybe you, for you, that scripture is a bit challenging. Maybe you've had parents who haven't, have acted unrepentantly dishonorable to you. 
even maybe abusively in how they've spoken and how they've acted. And it's really important that you understand this, that when we talk about honor, we are honor biblically is not about calling the bad things in somebody good. That is lying. It's not about us saying that bad things are good things. They're not. It is about us understanding that we are called in the Bible to call good things good and God things God. There is a way of honoring that doesn't respond to honorableness, but bestows it. It treats a person as though honorable, despite their actions can be anything but. It's important that we know that Jesus gave us enormous value, and there was nothing that we could do to deserve it. Jesus' example is not to treat people how they deserve to be treated. Jesus' example is not even to treat others how they have treated you. Jesus' words and example is to treat others how you would like to be treated. It is true, absolutely true, that you would not be here without your parents today. God chose them to be the tools to get you here. Any other two people's DNA combining would not have made you. You are not an accident. I heard a preacher say, as I looked into this this week, he said, there are accidental parents, but there are no accidental babies. There are illegitimate parents, but no illegitimate babies. You know, that God was more interested in creating you than with your parenting, your parents' parenting skills. He wanted a relationship with you. He needed the joining of the DNA between your mom and dad to make you. There is value just to be attached to just that. It's also true for every person here that God loved you enough to use broken people. If every single parent, you've had a parent, they're flawed. Their parent was flawed. Their parent was flawed. There's no perfect parent. So it's important that we understand that there is a value to parents. I like this passage in Ephesians um, 6. It talks about responsibilities from both sides, from the parent and the child. Children, obey and honor your parents. Parents, don't provoke your children. Bring them up in the way of the Lord. This is God's design for family. For children to significantly place value upon their parents and for parents to significantly place value upon their children. But it is important that we have the flexibility at times to separate the role and the person. The person may not have been good. They may have not done good stuff. It doesn't necessarily mean the role is bad. If you go out for lunch afterwards... Uh, and you go to a restaurant and you have a bad experience with a waiter or a waitress, it doesn't mean necessarily that all waitresses or, or waiters are bad. It doesn't mean that the role of waitressing or waitering is a bad one. It's a helpful one when done as it should be. And it is true that in the society we live in, that mothers and fathers play an integral role to the fabric of how we build up our young people, old people, doesn't matter. We need our mums and dads. Whether biological whether step, whether through adoption, or whether for us as Christians through spiritual parenthood, many of us might be able to relate to that. We should honour those who have played those roles in our lives. We honour our fathers and mothers. Does that make sense? I want to be sensitive to how we deliver that there. And if so, that's something that comes up and there's, there's something you want to pray for off the back of anything I said, will you come down the, fr- the sort of the front at the end? We'd love, we have a, people, a team of people here who want to pray with you, chat that through, any questions, they'd love to spend time talking with you about it. We honor our father and mothers. Number three, we should, there's an honor that comes with God-ordained authority. 
Peter, in 1 Peter 2.17, he says, honor the king. Now, as Christians, we believe in the king of kings. We believe in the Lord of lords. And if we believe that, then what we should believe is that he is able to use all things for his glory. There's nothing that God can't turn around for his glory. There's nobody he can't sort of like use for his purposes. And that means we should have an honor for the people that have been positioned in a position of authority over us. Believing that God has a plan and a purpose for their life. And a plan and a purpose in the decisions that they make. 1 Timothy 2 speaks out this brilliantly. Verse 2 to 4. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority. And he goes on to say in verse 3, This is good and pleases God our Savior. We have a biblical responsibility to pray, to intercede on behalf of our leaders. We should not be people who ridicule or talk down about the people in authority above us. We should pray and we should build up with our words. It doesn't mean we have to agree with every decision. That's not what I'm saying. But it means that we have the enough respect and honor to say, actually, you know, God, if you've placed them there, there must be a purpose and I'm trusting you in it. Because we trust the King of Kings. And we believe that the kings can follow him. Yeah? That means for you, it might be your boss at work, just to make it practical. It may be um, your teachers at school. It may be the prime minister. It may, it may be the local MP. It may be your pastors at church. And Paul talks about this in 1 Thessalonians 5.12. He says, honor those who are leaders in the Lord's work. Now here at Riverside, the spiritual overseers of the church are Pastor Aaron and Rachel, who are assisted by the leadership team and are held accountable by the board of directors. But part of attending this church means that you are making a decision to come under their leadership. You're making decisions to say, actually, you know what? Sort of like, I'm going to trust that God has appointed and anointed them to lead the church in this time. I believe this church is great leaders. I believe this church has leaders who love the people that come here. And I've seen them particularly, talking about Pastor Aaron and Rachel here, take the late night calls. They've taken early morning calls. They've taken calls and left when it was convenient and when it wasn't. They've laid their lives down for this church. There is a spiritual weight they carry, and we should pray for them. It is right that we do that. It is right that we uphold them. It is right that we do not grumble behind their backs. Biblically, we have an issue with somebody. Bring it. Feedback's fantastic at any point. Leaders should have the ability to, you should have the ability to come and speak to a leader and give feedback. That's good. But don't be grumbling to your next-door neighbor about it. You know, speak well. Lift up. Pray intercede on your leaders. Number four, and finally, John, do you want to jump up on the keys for me? The passage in 1 Thessalonians 5 that I just read about sort of like leaders in church goes on to say, the second part of verse 12, they work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. So show them great respect and wholehearted love. There is an honor to be given in recognition for the works that people do. This is the traditional sort of like how we think of honor. Somebody does something, they deserve our honor. They've done something nice to me. Ah, I will honor them back. You know, Remembrance Sunday, in a lot of ways, is about us assigning honor and value to the people who have done, who have made sacrifices, who have done things for us that we could be here today. It's good and right for us as people of God, people who live lifestyles of honor, to encourage and raise up those who do good. As a youth leader, I have learned the importance of speaking positively and calling out the good in young people. 
you know, I've seen the difference that encouragement can make to a 13-year-old. We have kids come to our Friday night youth club who sometimes it feels like everybody else has given up hope on. They're getting bounced around school to school to school. They're getting expelled. They spend most of their time in resets or excluded. One of the most common words they hear is sort of like, you're not, stop doing that. You're, sort of, you're badly behaving. And we believe as a youth team that when our young people come here that we get the best of them. We believe for that and we believe that. But even when we don't see it, we believe for it. It's important. And one of the common things that might happen is we may have a young person come in on a Friday who disrupts, who's a bit boisterous throughout the night. You have to say, look, stop. And we always call out what's not good because it's important we do that. Well, if you don't swear here, that's not who we are. You know, don't hurt that person. That's not what we do here. You know, but we also make sure we focus on the good. You can have a young person who's doing that all night across the course of an evening of an hour and a half that we have on a Friday night with them they will do something good they may pay for their friends to have some sweets they may pick up a piece of rubbish off the floor they don't even think about it put it in the bin they may help somebody in the game you know in that moment I've learned the power that we have as a team where we go oh you know what that was so kind that was so good and their face changes and they change and they come back next week. Why wanting to live up to the good? Because they might have had nobody in their life who's told them that they say there's good that is to be found in them. But I will. And our team will. The people in your lives need you to call out the good in them. I have never seen a young person respond badly to encouragement. But I've seen plenty respond poorly to discouragement. And it's no different for your work colleague for your neighbor, for your family member, it's the same. We should encourage, give value to the good things that people do for you. You've got somebody in your life who plays an important role, do they know that they do? Have you told them, you know what, actually, thank you for what you've done in my life. I see you. I assign value to you. I honor you for the role you've played, for the things you've done, for the person you are. And just a caveat, we do not just assign value purely because of the basis of somebody's works that justify it. We assign value to to people because Jesus assigned value to us. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. Ephesians 2 says that we are saved by Christ's grace, not by our works. Nobody here could put their hand up to say, I earned God's grace. You didn't. Jesus gave it to you because of who he is, because of his character. It's important that we understand that we should demonstrate the grace that God has poured upon us to others because we understand his character and we understand who we are now called children of God, followers of Christ. We love because he first loved us. He's the source. He's the origin. We want to live a lifestyle of honor. To summarize, here's the three people we should honor. They explain three categories. Those created in God's image, everyone. Anybody knowing everybody? Yeah, good, everybody does, so that's good. Those who have appointed roles above us. Anybody got people above them in certain roles? We all do, yeah? People got those who do good. We've all got people in our lives who do good. So there's no excuse for any of us to say, oh no, I shouldn't honor, because we've probably got people in each of those categories that we can honor. And I want to make it really practical for us to end. Sometimes, you know, we'll have sort of like great prayer times, and we will pray. 
but practical theology is what changes lives. Theoretical, I can talk all of this to you, and you can have a theoretical understanding of the theology of what God wants you to do and not do it, and no different. But practical theology says, look, you know what, I'm gonna, what I've learned today, I'm going to do something about. And so how we're going to finish is I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you one question I want you to think about. I'm going to give you some time to think about it. Afterwards, I'm going to pray to finish. And the question is this. Who is one person you need to assign the proper value to who up to now you've not been doing that for? Maybe it's more than one person, but just for now, just pick one person. One person that you've been devaluing, dishonoring, in not giving them the value that they deserve. And then what we're going to do, once we've thought about that in a second, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing the blessing. And as we sing the blessing, I want you to picture that person. I want you to picture their family, and I want you to bless them. Is that all right? Let's just close our eyes and think about that question. Who is one person you need to assign the proper value to who up to now you've not been doing that for? Think about what you're going to do to change it. What's one step you can take to change that? Jesus Christ, our Savior. Thank you that you gave value to us, not because we deserved it. Not because we earned it. Not because we behaved well enough because of your grace. Help us to live lives that honor everyone. To live lives that honor the leaders you placed upon us. To live lives that honor those that do good. Help us to be practical. Take this away. Let us not walk out of another service unchanged. But committed to being different living a radical lifestyle one of the ways to live differently to honor help us with that we pray and will you bless every person that we're about to pray this song over and their families and their families and you help us to honor them this week